What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 180 of Witty Banter. I am one of your hosts, Chase Williams, and I am joined by Hunter Pokemon Yellow Dorset. What's going on, man? Gotta catch them all, man. How's it going? I'm doing well. Hopefully, uh, my ability to host this show in Max Scott's second absence, unfortunately, will be a little bit better than last week. I've (laughs) got some sleep, and the majority of my apartment is now packed and basically ready to go. Mostly thanks to Darian, but now we've got a whole lot less stress. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because I don't know if anyone could hear the robotic twinge of my voice, but it was basically artificially lengthened and lowered, but I think it came out okay. I mean, I, my computer, for everyone that's been listening, has been giving me some bullshit feet. Like, it just has not been performing the way it needs to, but... I think I'm feeling pretty good about this one, Chase. I feel like it's yeah, going to come through Maybe it's a nice stylistic change. Like, you know, these guys have a really good <laughs> audio quality, and then there's also this weird robotic thing that got going on, which I'm pretty into. Yeah, that'd be a weird effect for us to purposefully record at 10% faster and higher and then artificially lengthen <laughs> it and reduce the pitch. It's a lot of extra, you know, <laughs> editing time on our part, but... If it works, it works, man. So I don't know if I told you this last week, but this is kind of some of the crazy shit that I've been having to do in the course of my whole moving process. I literally had to order a diploma from UT and then have that sent to the Secretary of State of Texas to get notarized by what's called an apostle, which is like a international notarizer. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? And it makes so the visa that I'm coming under is kind of geared towards academics so that they want you have to basically prove that you have a university degree and stuff like that so there's a lot of paperwork that's been involved with like me giving them my transcripts and my diploma and information like that and just having to send out these request forms in the same way that flying to san diego in a suit for an interview two years ago made me feel super awesome Getting my shit notarized by like the Texas government is making me feel pretty damn official, man. It is. Uh, yeah. No, for some reason, there's some sort of weight to uh, a notary like signing off on your shit. I, like whenever I got my CPA, dude, it was like, damn, I have this guy officially signing off on my legitimacy. Was there like a big old stamp and a seal on it too? Uh, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> but well, I mean, you can always enough. go back and request one, I'm sure. Yeah, close enough. All right, well, this is Witty Banter, like I said, episode 180, climbing up there, climbing up the ranks. Every time we record one of these, we come strapped with alcoholic beverages, and I know Hunter has a beer today, and I am bringing more whiskey. So, Hunter, why don't you tell me about what you're drinking? Okay, so, dude, this looks straight up like a melon juice or something. Whoa. This is from Prairie Artisan Ales. Ugh. You lucky bastard. Look at this shit. I'm putting it into the camera. It's completely Whoa. foggy, and it's just like between like a peach and an orange looking Dude, in yeah, color. Yeah, that literally looks like juice. It looks like a juice. It poured out like orange juice. It's called the Pink Guava Funk. Man. And it is a sour ale with pink guava, and it's 6.3% alcohol by volume. There's nothing really on the uh, can regarding a description, but... There are lots of really cool, trippy sort of uh, animals. There's a toucan. There's a pink gorilla. There's a silly <laughs> there's a, pink monkey. You gotta let and them tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Let them tell the story, guys. Not me. 
but it's but it looks it looks very interesting. It's a sour ale, so I'm hoping it might not be too too sour. But you know, I'm 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 looking forward to a little bit of puckering. I I trust Prairie because their beers are so delicious and they've been doing sours for so long. So that when I see kind of a a name like pink guava sour, I I give them like the leeway to execute on something like that. <laughs> yeah. But I have to admit, man, I've been I've been thinking recently. I think craft beer has sort of lost its fucking mind recently. Like the way <laughs> that people are trying to like come out with new beers with, that have like interesting or catchy titles or interesting flavor gimmicks. Uh, now, like hazy IPAs being a huge thing. I was going down a bar just Saturday and looking at all the tap lists, and it just seems like this. It, it's it's like we, they've we've gotten away so far away from basics at this point that it's like we got to take a step back and fucking chill for a second. Do you do you kind of get any of that impression, or so is that I, maybe only here? I do, but I, I think it's like it manifests itself in different ways. So like. When I was going to the grocery store and I actually bought uh, some beer for a party that we we're having this weekend, um, there was like a lady that was handing out beer and she was like, would you like some craft beers? And I was like, oh God. <laughs> you know, like that's how mainstream we've gotten to where people are just like handing out craft beers in, in grocery stores. And then also, um, you know, just like the, 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 the meme or the uh, prototypical, like when I go to Specs. There are just like dudes walking around the beer aisle that look like they drink craft beer all day, and they uh-huh. just have super long beards, and they're kind of skinny, skinny white dudes with short top hair, and maybe a little tattoo here or there. But then, yeah, they're very, very interested in their beer, and they were more than happy to tell you about how they feel about every selection that they have. So I don't know. It's just like I guess I'm not. I'm not against the proliferation and the pervasiveness of craft beer, but it's it's becoming kind of funny because it's becoming a little more mainstream than mainstream beer is. And yeah. and I think it's funny because you now you see all these ads where mainstream beers are trying to like be like, yeah, craft beers be, being annoying and now like that means that we're not annoying, right? And it's like, no, yeah. you're still annoying but just for different reasons. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I'm glad you kind of feel that too. So what I'm drinking today, though, is a scotch whiskey. If you recall last week, I had a Glenmorangie that I just couldn't get on top of. Yeah. And I kind of felt bad about that. So we have another (laughs) Glenmorangie that I want to give a shot, and hopefully I can do a little bit better on this one. Um, This is a single malt Highland uh, scotch whiskey called the Quinta Ruben, and it is... On its little um, subtitle is Port Cask Finish. Uh, Hunter, do you know what a port wine is? You've definitely described it to me, but I am failing to recall that description. It's basically just a very sweet dessert wine. Yes. Uh, I don't really know much about how it's made, but basically with this one, it's got its 10 years of aging in oak uh, American bourbon barrels, and then the last two years they put it in port casks so it's got more of like a ruby brown tinge to it mm-hmm. and i imagine that it's going to be uh kind of on the sweeter side and and ports also kind of have more of a more like plum fruit kind of flavor to them uh not like a bright you know berry like blueberry type fruit or anything mm-hmm. like that more of those i don't know like deeper richer. syrupy yeah. yeah so we'll see how that goes man so it's like a port whiskey it's just a whisky that was finished uh, and for it was put in port barrels for two years. 
Interesting. Well, I'm interested to hear how that comes out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but that leads us to the main show, the primary attraction for this episode. So let's get into it without any further bullshit. This is Witty Banter. Hunter, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon lately. Yeah, that's right? so fucking sick, dude. Yeah, you you feeling the nostalgia? It's just like one of those things that it's like SpongeBob in that whenever people tell me that they're playing Pokemon, 95% of adults will be like, <laughs> and then I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like yeah. it, it never fails to like just be like, dang, I wish I had time for that. And I'm playing Leaf Green and Fire Red, which I had no, uh, I didn't know anything about until recently. And the reason I'm playing these is because uh, we've got two Game Boy Advances. We have an Advance and an SP here. And what I've learned when I bought these games is that Fire Red and Leaf Green are remakes of the original Blue and Red. And what mm-hmm. that means is that it's the original 150. Uh, Pokemon. It's the same exact map, the same exact structure of game. Now it's in color, so everything is in colored pixel art, which is like super beautiful. Uh, and then there's like a few added systems that were introduced with a few of the Pokemon games that came before. So it's it's got like a little extra depth and a little uh, rebalancing. Did were you ever aware of these two games? Uh, well, no, I was not. I haven't really been able to follow. I feel like after getting with like you know, the diamond and sapphire and all, all the stuff like, you know, three or four generations in, uh, I was kind of like, well, it doesn't really seem like there's an end in sight. Uh, and I can't keep collecting, but what I'm glad is that, I don't know. It's a little bit of a mixed opinion. Like I'm glad that they're doubling back on the things that made them popular in the first place, because, I don't think that I, I truly do think that that's some classic gaming, you know. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad that they're not just soul set on being like we gotta have a new 150 every two years or whatever. Like that would just be kind of annoying and frustrating, which is what I thought they were gonna do. So going back to the basics is is cool. So I'm I'm glad that you're getting to kind of relive that. So you you're playing red. I'm playing Leaf Green, which is a remake of Blue, and okay. Darian's playing Red, and we're basically just trying to get all 150 between the two of us. Yeah, I was a yellow guy, man. I was I was yeah. purebred yellow. Purebred. <laughs> <laughs> My first was Blue, but that brings us to the primary entertainment today. We're doing a banter bracket. of the best Pokemon from the original 150. And I'm super stoked to go through this. Hunter, I got your favorite eight, and I compared those with, I added my favorite eight Pokemon, and we're doing a double elimination bracket for the first time today, (laughs) which means there's going to be a loser side, and we're going to see how that affects things. All right, I, I'm hoping that are you able to track it on your end because I have I don't have I've anything any visuals so yeah, which means you're just gonna have to follow my lead. And our first battle is Kabutops versus Dragonite, and okay. these were two that came from your end, Hunter. And I got to tell you, Kabutops also in my probably top four Pokemon. Yeah, and and let me just get a little grips on the boundaries real quick. This is like our favorite coolest Pokemon, right? This isn't like, 
like level 100s fighting each other or anything. No, this is we're not doing hypothetical battles. This is just like <laughs> you're in you're in the lunchroom cafeteria and you're trying to fucking tell you know your friends why your squad is the coolest squad, you know. Okay, okay, okay. So my thing here is I think Kabutops is a much more interesting and sellable character as far as like it just has like punchline reasons why it's cool. It's like, oh, it's an ancient Pokemon. It has this yeah. huge like bug hammerhead shark head. It looks so dope. With fucking huge claws and it's yeah. standing up straight like a humanoid. Yeah, it, it's pretty pretty rowdy looking. It's solid. That being said, uh, it, it, yeah, just the fact that it's like like base. I, I like the fact that there are subsects of Pokemon, and that one of those subsects is like the ancient Pokemon, like Omanyte, mm -hmm. Amastar, all them shit. So it's one of those, which is really cool, and it's fun to fun to get those. But Dra but Dragonite, Dragonite like yeah. I don't. I was surprised to see him on your list, man, because I look at Dragonite just like the picture of him, and he just looks like a plush like doll to me. It I just think, doesn't look cool. I think his his looks kind of downplay how cool he is though. Because like, have you ever owned a Dragonite? I mean, I'm sure I did back in the day, but you have to <laughs> jog my memory. Cause like Dragonite can learn basically fucking any move in the entire game. Like and it's really hard like it's hard because I I felt like most times when you're gonna try and get a Dragonite, you're either gonna have to like luck out and find a Dratini or a uh, yeah. a Dragonair, or you're just gonna have to Safari Zone and find a tr Dratini and then just train that motherfucker all the way up to a Dragonite. Yeah. And it and it evolves at level 55, so it's like it's damn. Like, by the time you get there, you're like, dude, fuck yeah, my Dragonite's yeah. here. Because you put in the time. But yeah, it can basically learn like all of the TMs. It can learn all of the fucking, and so that's where the real money comes in. And he has like kind of a cool voice. Like uh, if you ever mm, watched his the, screech, if you ever watched the movie, it's like <laughs> so, goofy as hell. But as far as just coolness, I'm gonna go Kabutops. Me too. I mean, it's fair if we want to like use the utility of Dragonite later. But to me, Kabutops is just. On, on top of it. Yeah, you he's, know? he's a badass for sure. Okay. This next one, Hunter, is actually going to be two Pokemon that I submitted. And the first one is going to be Squirtle versus Hitmonlee. And see, mm. we've got a version of one of the starter Pokemons later. But I picked Squirtle specifically because I think he, in my opinion, is like the cutest of the he's starters. He's fucking adorable, Chase. He's just, yeah, he's out of control. Like, you want... To pick him up and pet him and squeeze his cheeks. Yes. He's that kind of Pokemon. But Hitmonlee, to me, one, I love the name. I think yes. Hitmonlee's dope. I agree. In the fact, <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you have Hitmonchamp to look forward to is pretty cool. But I just, like, he's got those dark eyes and, like, no other facial features. He's got this, like, really kind of dark look to him. And I don't know how this sways you at all, but he was one of the best Pokemon that came out of the Pokeball in Super Smash Brothers. So he yeah. had a little cross game, oh, yeah. you know, action there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Hitmon Lee was vying for my top eight as well. It's just cool that you have a Pokemon who is trained in actual martial arts, mm -hmm. and he's like, "I'm dedicated to only kicking. Like, I'm just exactly. gonna kick the shit out of you." Yep. He's been um, developing those legs for decades. That to be, that being said, I mean, Hitmon Chan is pretty dope because. 
with Hitmonchan, you know, the other version with the punching, like you can do like thunder punch, you can do ice punch, like you have the whole range. But Hitmonlee's is one of those where like, if you're in a battle and you fucking like high drop kick somebody and just knock them out, dude, it does like, you're just work. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's Hitmonlee versus Squirtle. You're not gonna have I, to sell me more on Squirtle, man. I mean, I know he's cute. He's like one of Ash's favorite or Misty's favorite. So, yeah. and I he's mean, just iconic. And he's of course gonna turn into Blastoise at some point. Who's badass? But we're not we're not talking about Blastoise. I would be cool with putting Hitmonlee over Squirtle and seeing if Squirtle could like get further in the bracket down below. Yeah, almost How for the you- same reasons as why we chose uh, Kabutops over Dragonite. I would I would do the same here. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's do it. Hit okay. on Lee then. There you now go. this this next matchup is gonna pin together one of mine versus one of yours. Perfect. And uh, it's gonna be a bloodbath because I love both of these. <laughs> we have got Haunter versus Hypno. Ooh, I actually like Hypno. Hypno is also dude. floating in my top like fifteen. Oh, Hypno's so badass, dude. Let me let, let me talk about Hypno real quick. So okay. he's just he's got no um, he's got no evolution, which wait 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 wait. To, Hypno what? was evolved from Drowsy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's the pinnacle. So, but he, so he's the top, right? Right. And just his stance, like, dude, his his art, mm-hmm. where he's just got like one hand up, and then the other, he's got one of those like <laughs> hypnosis ticking clock things. Like, there's just something powerfully cool in that to me. That's just like really unsettling, almost. Like, this guy was just gonna lock in on your eyes, and if you if you stare for too long, it's over for you. Yeah, he you know? looks like he could be in some sort of like creepy kids book or something. Yes. Um, and I like the fact that he has like this white hair around or it kind of it kind of looks like he's old. So like <laughs> it's been around the block. Yeah, like he's like a fucking sage hypnotist, you know. So I think that he's definitely cool as well. I I always like liked just picking up drowsies on my campaigns just so I could be like later on down the road I'm going to drop a hip now. Yeah. Um but like Haunter just for me is like he's one of my favorites. Like he's got one of the coolest designs. And I think the fact that we, so he was on my list too, before you put him up. And the fact that we both chose a Pokemon who was like a half step in the evolution of like mm-hmm. three different Pokemon kind of yeah. shows that like this version, this like this particular spot is the dude. And he's just got like that spiky kind of blown back hair look. And he's a fucking ghost dude. Yeah. And like when you first come across ghost Pokemon, if you're not ready for him, they, you cannot, they, they'll destroy you, you know? You can't fucking damage them. You have to have the Sylph scope, dude. Um, yeah. yeah, and I agree. Like, it's it's weird because in the final evolution, like, Gengar is actually smaller than Haunter. So Haunter's the biggest of the three uh, evolutions, I believe. Um, and yeah, he just has that big fucking, like, tongue. He's and, menacing, dude. Yeah, and he has the two, like, hands that are kind of just floating by him, whereas Ghastly's just a ball, and Gengar's just, like, a little squishy squishy guy you know yeah, dude. so i think haunter truly looks like a ghost i gotta go with haunter man one of my favorites i'm fine with that i just wanted to give that shout out to hypno just because i think he's got like this sort of like a cult magic fucking way he about was him in the that's same... just like offsetting. yeah it, I'll, I'll wait to see if you have a, a the guy that i threw in but or that i decided not to throw in but he was like right on the cusp of my top uh, like 10 or so Okay, yeah, we'll see. All right, this next matchup uh, is getting pretty hairy. We've got two heavy hitters. We've got Zapdos and Charizard. (laughs) 
So this is one of those ones where it's like, you know, you talk about your sex of Pokemon, right? One of those super fucking iconic sex are the three legendary birds, right? Yeah. And in my opinion, the reason why I put Zapdos in, I know that I think Articuno is probably more majestic. Yeah. Like just like he's got like a regalness to him. Yeah, just straight up majesty about it. But Zapdos for me is just the most like OP of the three legendary birds. It's like I always would prefer to to play with Zapdos over any other one of them for some whatever reason. I don't know why. He's rowdy, but at the same time, like Charizard, he's being one of the starters. He can you can carry him through the entire game. Like he is always powerful, and he's a fucking dragon, dude. Yeah. And I know that you have been into dragons lately. <laughs> I have. Um, <laughs> I think there's also just like a little bit of added story depth with Charizard because like in the actual sto- the show, Charizard's kind of like a shithead for a really long time. And Ash has, a lo- has like a very difficult time ever like really getting him to do what he wants him to do. But when he finally does, especially in the movie, like... It's kind of kick-ass when Charizard's, like, deciding to... I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. When he, like, joins the team, you're like, dude, yes, Charizard, yes, let's go. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, man. I'm, where are you leaning on this one? Are you going Charizard? I feel like Charizard's just, like, he's clo- like he's carrying that nostalgic flag for me. He, he is one of the figureheads. I got a Japanese holographic Charizard out of a random pack of cards. That's that was the like the other thing, dude. Is the fucking the 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 holographic card Charizard dude, is so epic. It's a moment in time as like a six year old that I will literally I will never forget it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to go Charizard for that. I think he has too many like important things that were just forefront in all of our minds. Yeah, I can dig it. Okay, we're moving right along. Um, this one's gonna be a fun matchup because we both. This is one that you picked and then I picked. You put on the table. Vaporeon, the uh, water type evolution from Eevee, and I put on Jolteon, the electricity one. I think this might be the hairiest one. Cause why, so why did you go with Vaporeon? Because Vaporeon, to me, doesn't look, is honestly, I think, kind of like the weirdest looking one out of the three evolutions. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? It's, he's got gills. Like, he looks like a, he's, he's kind of he's raptor-like, which is, you know, pretty neat. He looks but, like a fucking mermaid, dude. He looks majestic he's, as shit. He like sparkles. He's, he's got, got he's shiny. <laughs> I agree that he does have kind of like the weird like flap thing around his head. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just like he just looks like a mermaid. Or a she. I always thought of Vaporeon as more of like a she. Same. I know it could be both, but um, I just felt like Jolteon just looked like a dog with spikes or something. Yeah, but that's the thing is like Eevee is this tiny little creature and so like there's always that cuteness factor with Eevee and I think Jolteon carries that like cute little dog um, like feisty little animal side to the Pokemon design you know where you you can imagine it coming out of the Pokeball and just like moving a thousand miles an hour and just shocking the shit out of you you know but still being adorable I agree I th- but I my my take is that Jolteon isn't far enough removed from Eevee it, it, it kind of looks just like, I don't know. I think it just looks like a normal, just like a regular electric-based Pokemon. Whereas, like, Vaporeon truly seems to 
feel like it's in its own category of water Pokemon. I don't know. And not That's only, just me. And not only that, but I feel like there's a lot of really good electric Pokemon decisions that you can go with, with like Pikachu and Raichu and eventually Zapdos and stuff. Whereas like I can't think of as many powerful water Pokemon like outside of Blastoise and stuff. So like. Vaporeon's I mean, there kind are, of like there's like Lapras and there's, there's you know, a couple other ones. But Vaporeon on basically every version of my campaign was always in my top team. Yeah. Yep. So okay. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll let you slide with Vaporeon, <laughs> right? I'll put Vaporeon up there. All right. I appreciate um, it. Because I, I didn't really think about it in the mermaid context, but I will say that, like, it's kind of got a rapture side to it in my mind. and. That's oh, cool okay. enough for me. <laughs> okay. This next one uh, is actually two Pokemon that I put up. We've got Alakazam and Ninetales. What do you think about this matchup? Um, I fucking love both of them. They were both, again, on the yeah, top the 15 for sure. Yeah. Um, Alakazam was one where I was actually, I really like Kadabra as well. I actually think Kadabra is a really kick-ass Pokemon as well. Um, yeah. I think Alakazam's just dope because of the spoons thing and dude, the fact that. I mean, that that's. Already, I can tell you, Just I'm gonna Matrix. go Alakazam because of the Matrix tie-in, dude. Like, that's some real shit. That's, that's some an really bias, man. That's some cool. But like, as a kid, to be like putting all those things together, like, what? This guy has spoons too. <laughs> this guy literally uses psychic powers to it's spin. Pretty spoons. nice. Yeah, and Alakazam was definitely like a more powerful Pokemon, and the fact that you had to trade it. In order to well, that might be the case for Ninetales too. Yeah, I can't recall. Ninetales just had this very like regal kind of look to me. It's you know? it's super badass. Like Ninetales will be one that like I I think is rare enough to where you wouldn't want to necessarily put it in like your top team to go up against like the best people you're gonna go against. But just throwing out that you have a kick-ass Ninetales is it'll garner some respect. Yeah. So. I think I'd just go with Alakazam just because he's more he's more useful and he's just more a little more iconic I think than Ninetales. Right, and Psychic Pokemon fucking run the table, dude. They are a kind of OP I think compared to all the other ones. Yeah. Okay, so what do we? How do we feel about Machamp versus Gyarados? This is kind of a a, a heavyweight bout. Mm-hmm. So these are two of mine. Um, yeah. So I like Machamp because Machamp reminds me of Goro. From fucking Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, that's very true. Um, and he's just like a bodybuilder, so you're kind of like, oh, he's just a fucking badass. Like he's just—he's always flexing too. Solid muscle, like you know, you you read all the stats about like Machop, which is like his earliest form, and it's like Machop is like invulnerable, and you're like, oh shit. So by the time you get to Machamp, you're like, this guy is a fucking badass. He's, um, he's the champ. <laughs> he is the champ. Um, but Gyarados is just so much more, I think, iconic though. Like, and you kind of like you really feel the urn with Gyarados because he comes from fucking Magikarp, and it is a goddamn grind to get that fucking evolution to go. When it finally does, you're rewarded with an extremely powerful Pokemon. Um, and he's he's like flying type and water, which is kind of like a cool combo. Like to me, Machamp, I really loved him as a kid, but looking at him now. There's there's just kind of like a, a lack of kind of nuance in his visual design. I think Gyarados just kind of also kind of looks a little more interesting. I had a I had a, a holographic Machamp card that was like really I loved. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I think you know I think Gyarados is again it's it's kind of like Charizard in the fact that like when you have it on your team, he's always going to vie for a top spot. And the fact that he kind of like like you said like he has he has water type moves. 
He also has flying type moves, and I've even had Gyarados do thunder type moves because he has fucking um, he's dragon. So he's he's a pretty he's as kick ass as it gets. I mean, with fucking yeah, Onyx, Onyx is like the longest Pokemon, but. Gyarados is basically <laughs> just as big. I love that we're... Dude, by the way, some of the stats on, like, the length and the poundage, Metapod's, like, a foot tall and, like, 15 pounds. It's disgusting. <laughs> Can you imagine finding that? It would be Horrifying. pretty... Uh, yeah, that would be pretty scary. Okay, dude, our next and our final round here of round one, we've got Scyther versus Marowak. I knew you were going to throw on Marowak. Uh... Or did I throw in Marowak? I, I had to put Marowak in there. Okay. And I know you fucking love Scyther. Yeah, Scyther's my number one boy. Yeah, I know. I mean, Scyther's your Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, he really is, dude. He's the taste you can see, baby. The thing that I'll say is I think Scyther is more of a prize than like a true uh, sort of badass teammate. That being said, Marowak is not super useful. Like, yeah. Neither so neither of these Pokemon are like highly powerful. I just mm -hmm. think Marowak's a little more interesting because well, I like like I think Marowak is interesting because I think he has a cooler like sleeker design as far as just with the helmet. He's got the helmet, dude. The helmet's fucking cool, and the fact it's that he really just like nice. throws bones at you and a boomerang is like pretty kick ass. Yeah, it's cool. Scyther's just like got all the bells and whistles, you know. He's got the and fucking I, wings. He's got the huge blades. And he's he green. doesn't evolve until like later games. So when he first came out, he would like you said he was a prize. Like you had a, it, it's fucking hard to get Scyther. And there is a rush when he finally shows up, <laughs> and uh, you kind of get to start developing him and leveling him up. You know. So I mean, my my pick is Scyther. It's kind of on you to maybe to go against it. I there's no way I could uh, try and trounce your Scyther right now, man. I'm, I'm gonna let Scyther roll through on this one. Solid. Okay, well, we're going to continue on the winner side until we're all the way up um, and we have the, the guy in finals, and then we'll do a whole loser side run. So keeping up with the winners so far, we've got Kabutops versus Hitmonlee. Um, I think Kabutops is just cooler. I think both of these designs are tight for the reasons we said, but to me, it's going to be really hard to beat Kabutops. Yeah, I think, I think Hitmonlee is a little more bland looking than Kabutops. Um, and, and the fact that he, like, you know, his moveset is just pretty limited. Kabutops can do, like, fucking Hydro Pump, and he, he can do all sorts of crazy shit. Right. So, um, and he can do, like, Mega Kick. Yeah, I'm going to go Kabutops. Kabutops is one where, like, if he's, if he's, if I have him, he's going to be in my in team. So, yeah. Now, this next one could be interesting because I feel like the loser of this could really tear through the other side of the bracket. We've got Haunter and Charizard. So it's like, do we go with kind of the niche pick or do we keep that flag bear? Like, do we want to put Charizard against Kabutops, you know, or do we want to put Haunter against Kabutops, you know? I think Haunter versus Kabutops is a more interesting argument. I feel like, like, I feel like Charizard, Charizard would probably beat Kabutops just because of the legacy. Whereas, yeah. like, I think Haunter versus Kabutops is, is truly based off of we just think that they're kick-ass Pokemon for no other reason. Um, but when it comes to Haunter versus Charizard, that's tough, man. I mean, shit. I mean, the, the psychic aspect of Haunter is dope. I think mm -hmm. the fact that 
Haunter, they're both on Ash's team. They both have like a pretty decent role in um, right. actual Pokemon lore. Um, the only thing, it's just like hard for anyone to beat Charizard. Like Charizard is just like, basically like, if he's not like the top Pokemon as far as like the one that you aim to get when you first start, he's definitely like top three. You know, that's what I'm saying. So do we let kind of Haunter go down to the loser side and see if he can make like a tear? You know, I think I'm down with that. I'm yeah. totally down let's, with that. Let's see where that rolls. Cause that makes sense to me because I, <laughs> it's just like, it's We're hard subjecting to get, him to the losers bracket. We really are. Okay. Now we've got Vaporeon versus Alakazam. Um, hmm. that's tough, dude. Like I, <sighs> Eevee is a really interesting Pokemon in the, just how the game works and the fact that there's so many different uh, types, and you have to make a choice on which one you want, and you got to use stones or whatever instead of normal evolution. Alakazam is a little more straightforward in how you get him. I think you do need to make that trade. So he does kind of bring in that communal side of Pokemon that maybe Vaporeon doesn't. He's got the fucking spoons. Yeah. So I'm doing spoons plus the community thing. Like, does... Is there a reason why Vaporeon goes forward? The only counteract I would say is just that, like, when you have an Eevee and then you have to choose w only one of the three evolutions, it's like a bigger commitment, and yeah. and that kind of that weighs on you. Like when you start training it, you're like, no, nah, like this is yeah, this is exactly what I wanted, you know. I also think that Vaporeon actually, as far as move sets go, just like base move sets, is a little a little more well rounded. Right, um, Alakazam's like a really good mid-game Pokemon, but then he kind of phases out, right? Well, I guess. I mean, he, basically, again, like we said, like any psychic Pokemon, they can just do psychic and they're going to fuck shit up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that move is just so OP. So, uh, And he can recover. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like Alakazam has a built-in recover mechanic, which is just, yeah, that's awesome. And he has Swift. So, I mean... I think he's definitely actually. I would actually say Vaporeon's probably a little bit more mid tier, and Alakazam's okay. high tier. Um, I, I fuck. the spoons, dude. <laughs> Just got the spoons. The man. spoons can only take you so far, Chase. Um, I'll let Alakazam go through because I think Vaporeon could have a decent tier as well. All right, I think our. I think we've said that about of several Pokemon now, and that okay, means okay, the losers okay. bracket's gonna be gross, dude. Yeah. All right, Gyarados and Scyther, man. For me, I like Gyarados more than Scyther, but I know Scyther's your go-to, man. He is, but there is an awkwardness to Scyther in his design. <laughs> I think, like, the, the, he's got the, like these, he's got these small like stick portions of his arms that like come from his big bulbousy shoulders into his like claws. It's a little weird. Uh, I just like, I, I just think he sounds funny. Scyther. <laughs> yeah, they could have really done him a little bit better than that. Yeah, they could have made it, like. They're both, so I think just the fact that they're both, like, kind of prize Pokemon, but then on top of the prize, Gyarados has so much fucking utility and is, like, like, he evolves at level 25, so once you get him to level 25, like, everything after that. He just that, learns so many moves, too. He's still know. he's still high tier all the way all, all the way through, and he has a lot of invulnerabilities, so, I mean, I'm just gonna, I gotta go Gyarados. Yeah, I'm running Gyarados too, which means we're coming in towards the round three to make up our semifinals. We have Kabutops versus Charizard. This is going to be kind of a bloodbath. And, like, I'm going to go ahead and put my stake in for Kabutops. 
Mm. I think Kabutops is one of the most unique looking Pokemon out of the entire 150. I think Charizard, like if you were to, if I were to like look for Pokemon cards now, I would feel like I'd be more excited to have like a holographic Kabutops than a Charizard. <laughs> and there's also like, you go to the museum in Pewter City, like in the very beginning of the game, and they have a Kabutops skeleton. So you get this like foreshadowing and you see his skeleton and it's fucking sweet looking, you know, and I just, <laughs> I just think he's so cool, dude. I think he's as, as cool of a design for Pokemon as there is because uh, yeah, it, it weighs a little bit of like humanoid with insect with just like predator kind of shit. Right. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely a cooler design than Charizard. It's just so fucking so hard to overcome the legacy of Charizard, though, man. I mean, yeah, Japanese but, I mean, holographic dark Charizard, like that is seared into my mind for yeah. eternity. And I mean, just the fact that like he's part of one of the first three Pokemon to be created. Right. They picked huge. him specifically to basically like sell the game. He's you know? a pillar. Yeah, he's a fucking pillar of the entire, you know, dynasty. So uh, I think I'm cool with going Kabutops. I don't know. Does that mean that Charizard would be out? No, Charizard would just go to the loser's bracket. Okay, I'm going to go Kabutops too, man. Damn. All right. We uh, that might be a little controversial. Yeah, I think I think most of our audience will disagree with that. But hey, fuck you. Yeah, guess what? You're not on the podcast, babies. <laughs> oh, babies! Why don't you go play Pokemon? Um, Alakazam versus Gyarados, man. I think this is. I think we've consistently kind of talked about the downsides of Alakazam throughout him coming up this bracket, and while highlighting the good sides of Gyarados. So it's almost been like this losing war of attrition for him. <laughs> Which might, it might come to a head here. You know, it, may, it might just be time to, to let Gyarados through. Yeah, I think Gyarados wins this one pretty handedly. Uh, there's not really many upsides to Alakazam over Gyarados from a design or usefulness or tiering. He's not as much of a prize. I mean, he is a prize in that you do have to trade him. I think that's his one up on a lot of people, but mm -hmm. I don't think that's overcoming Gyarados. Now, Kabutops versus Gyarados how do we even approach this you know so we have to think about the fact that you know kabutops is is also a prize similar to eevee because i think when you go in to um when you're going through your campaigns you kind of have to decide yeah, which fossil you're gonna go with you know and so it's it's just kind of cool because you know when you get omnite like, Omanyte is just kind of like a little shell, and then you uh -huh. get Amastar, and it's kind of just like a bigger shell. He's got a mouth. But, like, Kabuto goes from a little fucking tiny crab thing into this huge, massive fucking bladed bug. God. And that's what I wanted to mention. Like, Kabuto, I think, is kind of cute and cool yeah. on his own right, whereas, like, Magikarp is a fucking punchline yeah. of the entire <laughs> series. And I don't know if we want to factor that kind of stuff in, but like that's where my head went. Is like I think Kabuto is fucking adorable, you know, and Magikarp is a pain in the ass. But I think that that's I mean that's hard to that's hard to really dock in Pokemon though. I mean the Magikarp splash thing it's like it's like a meme. That's a meme. It's like a yeah, meme before a... memes were existed, you know. So real talk, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean. 
I, I think Gyarados is definitely higher tier. I think Gyarados is definitely one that, you know, would probably, if I had to, if, if I had a sixth slot on my team, I would give it to Gar a, a level 100 Gyarados over level 100 Kabutops. Sure. I think the fact that Gyarados has three basic types, which is dragon, water, and flying, is pretty is fucking pretty raw. Yeah, that's sick. Um... I think I'm gonna go Gyarados. Like, I think I like the design of K Kabutops better, and I think he's a kick-ass Pokemon. But I think Gyarados is just like pound for pound, just fucking baller. All right, that means we're starting through the loser side, and our first matchup is Dragonite versus Squirtle. <laughs> I gotta be honest, dude. Before even looking through this, I couldn't really even tell you. Like, I barely remember Dragonite at all. Yeah, know? it's fair enough. Dragonite was just for me. I remember playing uh, John Beale and his team, and I felt pretty confident going in about my my crew. And drag his Dragonite fucked me up. And ever yeah. since then, I was just like shit. Seared in your Dragonite. memory. If you ever played Pokemon Go, dude, Dragonite's fuck shit up there too. Nice. Um. um okay. But I, well, so, but I, we're gonna go Squirtle, right? I'm down with going Squirtle. Yeah. He's just he's too just, cute, dude. He's, he's more iconic. He's cuter. He's got a yeah. story. You know. He's a turtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hypno versus Zapdos. As, like, I wanted to represent Ooh. Hypno, and I thought I could represent him better, but that's a really tough sell. Yeah, I mean, Zapdos is a fucking legendary bird, so that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard sell. Say no more. <laughs> okay, so that... Uh, this is this will be an awkward one. How do you feel about Jolteon versus Ninetales? Man, it's weird because I because you put both of these in, right? Yeah, I think Ninetales is probably a little like edges out over Jolteon for me. I never liked Jolteon. What are you more? Of, did, I mean, did you I enjoy thought, Flareon at least? Like, like my tiering was very clear: Vaporeon first, Flareon second, Jolteon third. And Ninetales, like, has a very mythic side to him, right? I think he's based off of some sort of, like, Japanese god, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's super cool. And Vulpix is also arguably one of the Vulpix, yeah, exactly. Super cute. Yeah, so I would go Ninetales. I'd rather right. have a Ninetales. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well then, how do we feel about Machamp versus Marowak? I feel like that's a pretty one-sided battle. Yeah, I would take Marowak. I mean, Marowak's just... A little cooler, got a little bit more spunk. Machamp's just kind of like a big oaf, which is, it's like it's like when it's like when you first start Pokemon, you think that Machamp is gonna be like the fucking badass that you always dude, want. Yeah. And then as you start building sophistication, you're like, oh wait, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. When I when I look at him now, I just feel like he's a little too simple in his design. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So we're moving on to the next round: Scyther versus Squirtle. Um, man. Where where are you there? I like Scy I like Squirtle more than Scyther. You know, I I'm actually down to go with Squirtle here because like Scyther to me is really kind of becoming more so in my memory like my childhood favorite and mm -hmm. less so like my remaining favorite. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like like when you even even like his back portrait when he's out, it's kind of busy. But like the back portrait of Squirtle is still so round and cute, dude. I can't I can't get away from it. I think the one thing I would say about Scyther is the fact that 
there is something to be said, you know, going back to se the sex of the Pokemon. The the fact that there are a whole there's like a listing of like this range of Pokemon that do not have evolutions, which includes mm -hmm. like Magmar, which includes Pinsir, which yeah. includes like those Pori are all cool. Porygon, Mr. Mime, Jinx. And I think that they were all made in kind of the same like, you know, realm, like one ten to one thirty five or something. So Scyther is in that bunch, and like when you can't, like when you're not like, oh, what's the evolution gonna be? You're just like, no, this is the evolution. You know, like you get right. it, and that's the badass. But yeah, that being said, I mean, Squirtle is again, he's a pillar. Like Squirtle is like, um, <laughs> Blastoise is fucking cool, but he is. I think whenever everyone thinks of Blastoise, like no one really thinks. Everyone thinks of him as not having really a personality. And yeah. Squirtle has all the personality, you know? So. His tail is super adorable. Yeah, he's cool, dude. All right, I'm, I'm down to put Squirtle up there. Okay. Now, this next one, dude, is literally just going to fall on you because it's these are both <laughs> your babies. We've got Vaporeon and Zapdos. Oh, shit. I think I got to go Zapdos. I mean, Vaporeon's he's just, fucking He's so dope. epic, dude. You want to yeah. talk about a prize? Like, you wait the whole fucking game to get that guy. You get it right before you go into the fucking Indigo Plateau. Like you're yeah. like, I got through the cave, and I'm <laughs> I'm on my way to go fight the Dragon Master. Oh wait, I'm strapped. Here's a legendary Pokemon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a bird. He's representing the Bird Squad. You know, which are actually like super valuable. I thought Fly was like one of the most low-key best um, best you know things in the game. I also thought that, you know, like drill peck. There like there there's a thing about the moves where y you want to have because if you just have a bunch of really really awesome super powerful moves, you're not going to be able to do it enough to be able to last throughout the whole, you know, like go of the elite 4. So you want some right. that are going to be able to you can do like 20 times and still like do some fucking damage. Drill peck is one of those moves. Fucking Zapdos and other birds have that. So, yeah, I got to go Zapdos, man. All right, this next one seems cut and dry to me. We got Hunter versus Ninetales. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you brought up the, the Japanese god thing was pretty cool about Ninetales. It's dope. It's certainly dope. But I think the... He's regal. I think the whole realm of ghost Pokemon and the fact that there's really only three of them is... Yeah. And Haunter's the coolest of them, so... Exactly. And he's, yeah, he's, rep, he's like the flag bearer of a very niche uh, and very, like kind of kick-ass side of the game, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people would argue Gengar because, again, Gengar adds that element of needing to trade in order to get him. And he's, like, yeah. he's probably more iconic than Haunter as far as, like, just I don't name. know, man. Like, like the recognition of people, like, there were there were Gengar keychains and shit I remember having. Like, there's not a Haunter mm. keychain out there, you know? Right. But I think, I think Haunter's cooler. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. I, I'm right there with you. And then we've got Hitmonlee versus Marowak. Ooh, that one's a little closer. I think I think I would go Hitmonlee over Marowak. I'm going to put Hitmonlee just because of the Smash Bros crossover. Okay. You know? He, he spans multiple games. Like, I think people that played a lot of Smash Brothers remember the audio of the... Like, he comes out and he's like, Hide it! And if he touches you, you're done. You're yeah. fucking done. <laughs> and he, I mean, he's pretty cool. Like he just has just eyes, you know. 
And <laughs> yeah, and the Derby's menacing. Yeah, and and the fact that like. You know, I, I like the idea of a Pokemon who truly trains in martial arts. I mean, that's yeah. He, cool. The guy is committed. You know, he's yeah. he's not here to just fly on by with rare candy. He's out there training. <laughs> yeah, he's Vegeta. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about Squirtle versus Zapdos? Oh, that is just at odds. That's brutal. I mean, I I'm leaning more towards Zapdos. I actually think Zapdos is one of the more iconic legendary birds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's certainly the one that like I remembered most. I don't know if that's anywhere true, but uh, I don't know. Where where are you at? I think Zapdos is probably the most memorable because the most people played with him. Like mm-hmm. I think Moltres and Articuno just naturally like I think Moltres was the weakest, and I think Articuno was like pretty eye to eye with Zapdos. But it's just harder to get like a top tier electric Pokemon, and so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just, I mean, he's a fucking legendary bird, dude. I mean, uh, Squirtle's right. cool, but Yeah, Squirtle's cute. a pet turtle, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Haunter versus Hitmonlee. I'm still leaning Haunter. Haunter I think yeah. the fact that Hitmonlee got this far is pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm still letting Haunter kind of cruise through it. You letting know? him get on his tear here. And then that brings us to Charizard versus Zapdos, dude. Charizard versus Zapdos. That's that's a big one. Yeah, I really I feel like I gotta let you take the lead on this. I don't even know where to start. So I can't belabor the point about legendary bird Pokemon anymore. Yep. Um, they're both. I think I think Zapdos is a little more top tier. Mm. He's clearly more of a prize because you know there's basically like only one chance to ever get him. You know, like if you don't get your chart. Charizard or whatever, or if you like, you just need to get a Charmander and train him. But like, mm-hmm. there's only one chance encounter with Zapdos. Um, I gotta go Zapdos. I mean, he's really. Just- I mean, but, but, but when it comes when it comes to the iconic nature of Charizard, like he even in this latest uh, Detective Pikachu trailer, Charizard is featured heavily and mm-hmm. like at the end of the trailer to get people hyped because they know that like this guy is one of the most beloved and when you talk about opening those pokemon cards and getting that holographic charizard like he was one of the first i feel like reasons why i even knew what ebay was because he was so <laughs> prolific in being yeah. wanted you know so i mean does that sway you at all um yes i mean i i I think that he is top three most iconic Pokemon. I think between Pikachu, Charizard, and maybe like Mewtwo, I think those are Mm -hmm. like the three most iconic Pokemon of all time. That might be true. I never thought about those three like that. Um, I think he's just like, but I think the legacy has to top out at some point, you know, like the legacy can only take you so far on like this is a favorite or this is the coolest like and i think charizard has like basically the best package of legacy and coolness and badassery yeah <laughs> but but he but but again that kind of tops out for me it, whereas like the legendary birds like i could if i had just a if i just had just the three legendary birds like i'm fucking flying high you're golden no pun intended 
That's fair. And I think you mentioning where you get him on your way towards the uh, the final kind of battles, like that momentum, that kind of feeling of yeah. like pumped upness, like that plays into it, dude. Yeah, you get him right before you go into play Lorelei, who has all ice Pokemon, so you just fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> decimate awesome. the field. Okay, so Alakazam and Haunter, uh, two similar Pokemon. You know, Alakazam being a little interesting in the fact that you do need to trade. He's got the spoons, but there's something to me about the fact that even though Haunter isn't the most powerful or most evolved version of his clan, the fact that like we both came to him, like my I'm still on Haunter's team, you know? Alakazam doesn't do it for me the way Haunter does it for me. That's all I gotta say. And it's a clever name too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. Again, I, I think Alakazam is kind of like pretty face value. Like you know, he's just a he's just psychic Pokemon. When you think of psychic, you think about being able to do stuff with your mind, and he bends stuff with spoons. Otherwise, he just kind of looks like he kind of just looks like Kadabra. And I actually think Kadabra looks a little cooler. Like. Sure. More of like a humanoid raccoon kind of, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're into that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was something where like, I felt like the design of Kadabra seemed a little more like um, 3D, whereas Alakazam, I always thought of as like a straight on like 2D depiction of him that yeah. it just wasn't as cool of a design. It's like flatter. Yeah. And I, I think, you know... I, I don't think Haunter, like, I think he has a cool design, but at the end of the day, like, I would always just train my Haunter all the way up to level 100, and then he was top, he was in my top six, for sure, because he was fucking... That's badass. He was badass. Okay, well then, what do you think about Zapdos versus Haunter? It's, like, hard for me to beat Zapdos, dude. It's hard. Wow. Okay, well then, if I have to pull this card out now, I'm gonna have to do it. But did, didn't Haunter have a move called, like, Dream Eater or something? Oh, my God. I forgot about Dream Eater, Because that is a sick fucking <laughs> move, dude. Yeah, not only... Well, it's sick because I think Sleep is also one of the uh, most so OP games. Like, and, su yeah, super strategic. Yeah, so you put somebody to sleep, and then you fucking eat their dreams, and yeah, then you gain the one health punch. back. You gain health back by doing that shit. Yeah. And, so it's and it's like powerful. a critical hit too. Yeah, and like And you it's know, called Dream Eater. <laughs> and he's Haunter. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean For the same reason that I said that Charizard has to top out, I gotta I guess I gotta say the same thing about Zapdos. Like, being a legendary bird is fucking sick. And right. everyone should want to have all three of the legendary birds. But at the end of the day, we're bringing that niche pick, dude. How much how much personality can a Zapdos really have, you know? Yeah. And I think I think I'm down to bring the niche pick in for like niche pick against niche pick in the grand finals. And this is this is losers finals on this next one. Oh, this and is this losers is, finals. And this is Kabutops versus Haunter, my friend. <sighs> Fuck. At this point I feel like we are fucking bringing the banner for Haunter and it's almost pretty hip. For us to be like, yo, the witty banter favorite Pokemon, it's Haunter. Yeah, it's I not know. everybody else, you know. Easy sell. But, but dude, I will say again, I think when you have the entire list in front of you and you're looking at all of their little sprites and all of the art, Kabutops is fucking 
super unique and insanely like iconic. His head is just so dope, man. And he got those claws. <laughs> I agree. I think I think his design is cooler than Haunter's. Like it's just cooler. You know, it's but like a sleek car. The thing is, is Haunter's like disembodied hands. Like those are fucking like menacing too. I mean, you, now you're just bringing up Dream Eater, and I can't fucking overlook that. I really, I yeah, I think you you add Dream Eater and the and the hands and just the minute. Ugh, I'm I'm still I I'm still feeling Haunter, dude. I'm feeling Haunter too. I mean, the Ghost Pokemon is like, I think Ghost Pokemon is as cool as the Ancient Pokemon because it's mm-hmm. just like you're dealing with the supernatural at that shit at that point. Yeah. So you're a little kid. Yeah, Psychic's fucking OP. The Dream Eater thing's cool. He's, like, interesting as far as being in the middle of the evolution scale. I'm down to go with Haunter, man. All right, that brings us to Grand Finals, dude. And basically, you're going to need to convince me why Gyarados has a chance against Haunter. Because I got to tell you what, while (laughs) Gyarados has a lot of, like, the nostalgic cool to me, and I remember how insanely, that's how bad I wanted him, when I look at pictures of Gyarados now, I there's a little bit of derpiness there for me. He is kind of derpy, but I think that's only when you just look at a picture of him. I think when you like watch him in the movies and you watch people riding that motherfucker, it's <laughs> a pr- it's a little <laughs> yeah. different. Um, and he actually has like instead of a stupid little like Scyther, he has yeah, like a huge cool. goddamn roar. And uh, that's very satisfying. Well, how does Haunter f- sound? Uh, I think Haunter's just kind of like Haunter or something like that. Uh, that's I, only half. I don't think that his I don't think that his um, voice is as like menacing as it probably could be. Uh, I think that I think Gyarados is higher tier. Um, I think he's a little bit more invulnerable he's got that fucking dragon protection shit which is pretty big yeah i don't know man i think that the pluses on gyarados from a purely like battle perspective are definitely higher i think that haunter haunter is an interesting and more niche pokemon like yeah haunter is like the one that like i guess the way i put it is like if I'm going to play DBFZ, Gyarados is my 16 and Haunter is yeah, my Yamcha. You exactly. Know? And so well, Yamcha's top tier now, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but is he really? Or is he beginning to play oh, more Oh, dude, more? he's on everybody's team now, dude. Dude, that is sick. Um, I don't know. I mean, where's your head at? You're, you're thinking Haunter? I say Haunter just because there's something cool about ghost Pokemon being these this kind of curveball challenge that you come up against and you really have to figure out kind of how to beat and you have to approach that with like a special item and then once you've kind of conquered them it's like this really cool thing where now you get to go back and actually catch them and that to me is really interesting Matt like the it's definitely unique to get Gyarados via Magikarp whether it's through the daycare or just you know swapping them out over and over again but I just, I yeah, I I just feel like it would be cooler to to let Haunter be our flag bearer. And though the movie, in the movie, like his voice is Gyarados' voice is cooler and he's a little more impressive. Like 
just looking at their sprites in the game, I still think Haunter actually looks a little bit cooler. Yeah. I like the niche aspect of Haunter. I'm down to I'm down to let Haunter be the flag bearer. Come from the losers bracket. Yeah, all the way. He, <laughs> it was a grimy fight, dude. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's make it Haunter. All right, I'm down, Hunter. That was quite a long bracket because <laughs> these are important decisions to be made. Yeah. All right, you can't just erroneous erroneously go through this kind of shit. But let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about our beverages, and then we'll see where we're at. All right. All right, sounds good. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Beep up, beep boop, beep up, beep boop. Beep up, beep up, beep beep beep. Uh, we've had quite a bit of time to drink these beverages, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Is Prairie Ale continuing its legacy as, in my opinion, one of the best craft breweries out there? It is, man. Um, the Pink Guava Funk um, is not only funky in its can design. But it's also got that little sour funk in its groove, in its get-up. Um, I like this beer. I, I, I do, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stay and s- say this. I don't think that I like sour beers and sour ales more than I did at any point before now. But I do think that when I'm getting quality sour beers, I do like them. And it's a, I, yeah, it's a dope genre. I like this one, right? I mean, I think that its look is interesting enough for me to be like, okay, like, is this really a beer? Is this really more of kind of like a fruity, gimmicky thing? And then when I try it, um, I think whenever it's you know fresh out of the can and it's really cold, I think it's like a little overly sour, which I think is kind of normal for a lot of sours that I have. And then as it opens up. It becomes much more pleasant and a lot, much less bite on that sour twinge, and so it's it's smooth. It drinks like I think it has you know a solid enough body. I think it's six point three percent alcohol by volume. Wow, that's pretty decent. That's what I was going to ask you about. If it was like kind of like a light, crisp feel, or if it was uh, like I mean, it being six percent, does it lose that crispness? And if it does. I mean, what does a smooth, kind of heavier, sour kind of read as you, or read to you? I, I don't think it drinks as a heavy drink. Um, I think it's just it has enough, it has enough tartness to where that's definitely the thing I'm focusing on the most, and it kind of, you know, has a long-standing taste profile with that, and so like it kind of just washes over and stays there for a while. So I don't. So I think that that kind of like overpowers any sort of you know wonder about is it does it have a heavy body does it have a lot of alcohol or anything, um, but I think it's the right amount. I think if it was more alcoholic, then it would kind of counteract with the with the sort of style that they were going for. I think if it was any lighter, it would be too light. So I think it's just very well made. Dope. Sounds awesome. So this Glen Morangi um, is really fantastic. It 
is 46% alcohol by volume, uh, which puts it in like that kind of middle ground between being like kind of on the lighter side and then on the, mm-hmm. the heavier side. And that plays really well to everything that it's delivering. It's not one of those, like uh, in, in other whiskeys that I've had that are in that range, it puts it in a really good spot where it's like you could drink this straight or you could have it in a mixed drink. I think this one just needs to be enjoyed by itself. I've had it with some ice and I've had it without ice now uh, while recording. The flavors of it, um, that sweetness from those port uh, barrels is certainly coming through, but it's coming through in just like a really interesting way. Um, you taste a little bit of, you taste the vanilla from the bourbon barrel, the bourbon barrels for sure, but there's also almost like a hazelnutty type of sweetness to it. Is uh, uh, also and to me like hazelnut is just one step away from basically being like a dessert flavor. Hmm, so yeah. it's kind of got that candied feel to it, and then there is sort of that like plum, uh, that plum flavor that doesn't dip into like raisiny or um, like really harsh kind of uh, dark fruits. Uh, it, it is kind of more of like a black cherry type of flavor and it is there. So there's been like a really good combination of that kind of fruitiness and that sweet candied style, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, does hazelnut take away from you? Cause when I think of hazelnut, I just think of hazelnut, uh, creamer and I fucking hate oh, that. God. Shit. <laughs> no. There's just so much like hazelnut in Europe is fucking everywhere in candy. And to me, that's mm. what I think of. But like, if hazelnut was the only flavor, I think it would be thin and gross, but it's almost like this nice little plus one, you know? Okay, nice. Which, by the way, uh, we're bringing all of our whiskey back to Houston when we drive, when I'm driving back in a, in a week, Hunter, and when we have our party, we're going to have a bunch of the whiskey here. And I was curious, like, would you be kind of stoked to maybe try some of these really good ones that I've had experience with now and we can kind of, I can kind of show you the ropes on some of these? Fuck yeah, dude. Pull up a flight. Yeah, it's going to be good, dude. Okay, I'm I'm down. All right, we're going to skip our next segment that we normally do and just read some email. Come get that being said, one of our longtime listeners, one of our most loyal listeners, who I've always appreciated um, the input that this listener gives us, Dunter Horset, sent in a game for us that we are going to get to. We just thought it would be a little bit better to play the game with all three of the cast members here. So I do want to let Dunter know that your game is locked and loaded. It's in the chamber. But we're going to hop over to the mailbag and save that for later since we did run a little long in the front half mm-hmm. and uh, actually answer a question from Tony Wozni. He's back. In again. He is. Tony Wozni is back in the saddle. And he's got a question that I actually am kind of uh, excited to talk about. So he asks... With as much as y'all enjoy fighting games and kung fu, I couldn't help but wonder if y'all were into combat sports. I used to be a big fan of MMA, but as I've grown as I've grown older, it seems a bit too gruesome for me. I do, funnily enough, still enjoy boxing a lot, and right now is actually a great time for boxing. Um, but he wants to know if we watch combat sports, Hunter. Where where are you at on those? I feel like you know. The the way I have always thought about combat sports is sort of like in eras. So like I feel like there was like an era of like golden age boxing, like back in I don't know the mid nineteen hundreds, um, with like you know all your great you know super famous notorious boxers, 
And then I feel like with uh, UFC and like Pride Fighting Championship and all that kind of stuff, like that was sort of like the late 90s, early 2000s. And that just had this huge head of steam behind it and was like actually really cool and exciting and kind of novel. Um, And then it got like kind of political and kind of like over dramatized. And uh, I agree that like some of the some of the UFC stuff can be pretty gruesome to the point where you're just watching people, you know, they're just knocked out cold and the other person, yeah, like the other person is literally like so in rage mode that even when the person's knocked out cold, like they're, they're just hitting the shit out of them and you have to get the ref to get in there before they, he kills that person. So, um, I don't think that, I guess I'm not, um, it's not that the violence really takes me away from it. I'm okay with that. I mean, like whenever people get fucked up in football, I love it. Um, but <laughs> it's my fucking jam. Not, watch people get the- not getting hurt, but just like awesome, huge, big hits. Like that is just so awesome. Yeah. But, but it's, so it's not really the violence. I, I think it's just that like, I respect it, but I just don't really like sink a lot of value into that. Like gladi- gladiatorialism, I guess. I, I think, with football, there's a lot more of like a, you have to practice and like it's a, it's basically like the greatest team sport in that like if one person on your 11 person side like fucks up, then basically your team messes up. And so it's basically a war of attrition where, you know, it's, it's about everyone doing their job the way they're meant to do it. Right. And with the gladiatorialism that goes into boxing and all that other stuff is really much more based off of like reactions and kind of like chance moments where somebody kind of catches somebody on a counter. Um, and I, I like, I totally respect that. And I really wish that I knew how to like incorporate martial arts if I were ever to need to like, um, you know, defend myself, but it's just never really been that interesting to me, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I'm honestly like on the more prudish side of this question. Like I really actually dislike watching combat sports because of how violent it is. Like and even taking it a step back and and talking about boxing, like I even saw boxing on the TV this last Saturday and the person who like had lost, they're showing like basically their face at the end of it and like <laughs> whatever it that is at that horrible, point. Horrible, dude. Yeah, it was like miserable to see this and dude when i've seen some ufc fights that like where it's there's like a lot of blood and stuff like to me it's just it's just not for me like i don't like watching people sort of suffer through that and i know they're electing to do this and this is something that they want to do what they train for and i respect their decision to do that and i would never try to diminish that as like something that shouldn't be um, pursued but just like when i watch it like there's a combination of me imagining how horrible it would feel to go through that and to also just be like, you know, why why does this have to be so kind of popular? And there is st- something to UFC where, like, when it first started, it very much was about, like, what martial arts style is the best. And I really liked that. Where it was yeah. Like, we're kind of – we're trying to put these schools together. And even now where – there's sort of like a, a an understanding that like, you know, jujitsu is like massively important for yeah. actually being successful. And like there's there's some more um, distinguished routes to go through. Like there is a tremendous amount of technique that goes into being successful in UFC. And I respect people who devote their lives to learning that technique. 
that being said, like, there's also the fact that, like, these sports can, like, almost, they can injure your brain to the extent that, like, some people for the rest of their lives are essentially, like, handicapped in some, in some areas. And, like, I just don't see that as worth it, you know, even there's, I don't want to place any sort of judgment and, and try to say that like to do these things is bad versus not doing them is good. But when you're potentially putting like your, your spinal column on the line, it's like, what are we really going for here? You know, like, what are we really doing? And I don't know. I respect it. Um, I can, I can, I can watch it if maybe there's like an event and my friends invite me out and they, and they're into it, but it's not something that I seek out. It's not something that I typically like that I really enjoy. And I do, I, I will, I will say that like, I, I get woozy watching the really violent bouts, you know, and it's just not for me. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm toe to toe with you on that one as well. I, I, I yeah. definitely get what you're saying. But thank you for the question, Tony. He li- he leaves one last recommendation. He says, everybody should look up a man named Vassal, Lomachenko and he says that this his highlights are incredible and that he thinks this guy's the best fighter in the world and he says he literally fights like Neo so (laughs) maybe some cool videos to be seen uh, from that guy but Tony thank you so much for the question we're going to uh, in the mail corner there and Hunter I want to hear your final impressions on this beer okay so Prairie Artisan Ale Pink Guava Funk this is just like I guess whenever I first had it, I was kind of concerned that it was just going to be too sour. And maybe this is me progressing in my consumption of sour ales, but I think it's probably just that it's more well-made. I think as it opened up, um, you know, it, it, it became more palatable and less like a just super sour melon drink and more like a beer with, with some, with some kick. Um, and so, I think it's super well made. I like the design of the can. You know, basically Prairie Artisan Ale on their cans have been giving me this like just straight awesome. It's just just straight silver reflective mirror can, and then they just have kind of like cartoony, you know, a cartoony illustrated wallpaper almost. Yeah, and and it's and it's as such that you know it's like when you're watching widescreen, you know, like. Instead of black being on the top bar and bottom bar, this is just the silver reflective can and your widescreen is this sort of like, yeah, this like pastel looking uh, interesting artwork. So they do it well in the artwork. They make basically all of the beers I've ever had from them have been, I think that they've, I've had a lot of sour ones from them. I feel like they kind of venture into this sort of sour realm pretty often, but I think they always pretty much nail it. So it's just like a solid pound, just like a pound. You know, you guys did it. You always do yeah. it. You're it's expected. good to see you. Yeah. Can't wait to see you again. <laughs> How about okay, that, Glenn so Ranji? The, as I understand Highland uh, scotches to be, and Darren can correct me if I get this wrong, they're on the sweeter side. They're not the side that is uh, very peated and smoky. And I talked about how this one has the kind of uh, deeper fruits to it, a sweetness of uh, vanilla and also maybe even some of like bright nut nutty flavors like I talked about. I do want to also say that there is a slight earthy smokiness to this. And it's not a smoky that is in harsh in any way. In fact, it's very subdued, but I got it on my first sip and it's actually coming through here towards the end. I'm like feeling it a little bit more. So 
that basically rounds out um, flavor notes of like every main type that you can have. And wow, that just reads to me as a scotch that is uh, very rich and very complex and has a lot to show and will develop over time. Uh, like I said, I don't think this would be one that you want to put into a cocktail because it can stand on its own so well, uh, which basically is just the description of a fucking awesome scotch, you know? So I, I really liked this one. Um, Glenn Morangi is, as I understand, one of the more famous whiskey brands. So I guess it's kind of on brand for them to be so well uh, regarded. But yeah, this one was fantastic, man. All right, bring it in your back pocket and pull it up whenever you come to Houston, dude. It's coming up, dude. All right. <laughs> Hunter, it's time to end this show, which means okay. we're one more week closer to having that party. And, of course, I'm looking forward to it. But if you're a listener, you've got plenty more to look forward as well because we're always putting episodes out. And those show up on iTunes. If you search Witty Banter, Hit subscribe. All of your all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. Leave us a review if you haven't already. It helps us out in the algorithms. But we're also on Spotify now, which is really cool, which means it would be super helpful if you followed us there too because we basically have to build our algorithms up from the very beginning on that platform <laughs> also. Um, but we're on Stitcher and Google Play and other services if you use those. We can also, you can find our episodes just on wittybantershow.com and there you can also send us emails or suggestions for beers to review. And then finally, you can follow the show on Twitter, uh, which is at wittybantershow uh, or Facebook. We are facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. And then lastly, I am on Twitter. You can follow me at bodaciouschase. Max is at MaxScott32. And then Hunter has a YouTube channel called YouTube or uh, yeah, YouTube.com slash crypto diesel. No, no, I think you have to have I think a lot it's of crypto underscore diesel at this point. There you go. <laughs> Hit subscribe. Get your cryptocurrency information there. Uh, but yeah, that's all the plugs. Hunter, it was a joy as always. It's fun to talk Pokemon. It's fun to talk to you. Um, and you know, I'm honestly just cherishing the uh, the time that we have together before life gets really fucking crazy in January, you know? I absolutely agree for both of us. So, Haunter for life, dude. Yeah, Haunter number one. <laughs> beep boop beep boop Beep-a-boop-boop-beep-boop. Beep, beep.